we want to continue and again we turn in our Bibles in the book of Revelation and we continue in this study going through. We saw last week how the, the church is removed from the earth and he went into heaven and, and we are looking now uh, from heaven down to the earth. And we saw last week how wonderful was that to see how John was entered through this open door into the throne room of God. And there he was seeing the jasper and the sardius and the emerald around the throne, the, the promise of God. How wonderful is that? This is a truly a book of worship. Could you remember the worship songs they were singing today? He's going to turn his focus away from that. And, and he's going to ask, there's going to be a question asked. And the question is, who is worthy? Who is worthy? Man's uh, view in life, man's passion in life is just to be counted worthy. In everything you do, it's just to be counted worthy in a relationship. One person just wants to be counted worthy towards another one. And you want to feel worthy, don't you? It is in all of us. It's in our DNA, isn't it? You want to feel worthy. Worthy of your job you're in. Worthy of your, your marriage you're in. Worthy for your children. Children worthy for parents. So the thing about worthiness is, is engraved all over us. And here we find in the Scripture where John is in heaven and, and a strong angel comes and he says, Who is worthy? Very good question. And then we sing this song this morning, which I absolutely love, then, then we sing it. We, we as the creation of God this morning in this church, we're singing, You are worthy, Lord, to take the book and open its seals, for it is Your blood that purchased us from every nation, people, tongue and tribe how wonderful is that and then we sing hallelujah hallelujah purchased by the precious blood do you understand this morning that his blood is is precious it is so precious to us no gold weighted no silver weighted. No value of dollars could pay what His precious blood did for you and for me. How wonderful is that? So we asked the question this morning, who is worthy? Uh, and the word for that is the word axios. It, it, it comes from the Greek word, who is deserving to open the book? Who is deserving that? And we find it in chapter 5, verse 2, when the angel says, Who's worthy to open the scroll and lose its seals? Who will be able to open up the scroll? And we're going to look at that this morning. But I want to go back to chapter 4. And I want to remind you that we're in a worship service up in heaven. Let's read there. Revelation chapter 4. And I want you to look at this now. He says there, in a wonderful, in this passage there, he says in chapter 4, verse, and we're going to read from verse 8, where we see these four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. They do not rest. These people, these angels, these beasts do not rest day or night while you and I are sitting here. What do they do? They say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, Parashitolo, parashitolo, parashitolo. And if you wonder what that means, that's the Indian way of saying that. Parashitolo, holy, holy, holy. Heilig, heilig, heilig. And that is the Afrikaans. It's an Afrikaans way of saying it. Every single language this morning will have a way to cry out the holiness of God. Parashitolo, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. <laughs> We will not be able, let me tell you this, we will not be able 
to stand there and not become emotional with the holiness of God being proclaimed by these angels. I can't even phantom how John, who is witnessing this, was feeling at that point in moment when he saw this and experienced this. This is truly a song of the angels. Lord God Almighty was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gives glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, what happens? Twenty-four elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by You they will exist and were created. Welcome in the worship service in heaven. Now in chapter 5, it's not going to stop actually. It's continuing on in chapter 5. This worship in heaven is going to continue on. It's called doxology. It is the praise of our Lord and Savior. Uh, we see now as he, as he sees this angel and what a sight it must have been. He turns now his vision, his, his view to chapter 5 verse 1 and we read and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals in chapter 4 when he said he saw the jasper he didn't explain to us who was sitting on the throne and the sardius and the emerald now he sees there's a hand and on his right side it holds up a scroll and the focus in heaven, the focus in the throne room of God is now on the scroll. Uh, if, if you want to put it in our way, it is as if it is zooming in onto the scroll now. It's not the first time that we see the scroll in the Bible, actually. I believe we saw the scroll before. In Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 9. And, and I'm just parachuting into this text, but I want you to do this as homework to go and read the whole Ezekiel, the whole book of Ezekiel, but, but also the whole chapter 2. Go and read it so that you can put context around this. He says, Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on there were what? Lamentations and mournings and woe. Remember, we're going to look from heaven down now. This is a scroll written on the inside and the outside. We see in Revelation 5 verse 1, which I just read, he saw a scroll written inside and on the, on the back sealed with seven seals. It was to the Roman tradition. In the Roman tradition of the day, if you want to send some very important information, you take the scroll, and the scroll wasn't a book like the Bible. It was rolled up, and there were seven seals. Now, I by far don't want to say that God confirmed to the Roman tradition. But in their mind, when, when he saw, when John saw the scroll, he would, have, he would have recollected in his mind how the Romans do it. And he saw the scroll with seven seals around it, similar to what Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 9. And then also in the book of Daniel, chapter 12 verse 4. He says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. You see, the whole time in the Old Testament, this is a shut book. It's closed. But you remember last week when I said Deuteronomy 29, 29, when he talks about the Dios obscanditos, the secret things of God, which are concealed from us. Here in Daniel, he tells him, it's the, and again, I want to invite you to go and read Daniel, the whole book of Daniel. It will give you a lot of homework, isn't it? But read chapter 12, and you read about this, this angel that came and he stood over the river and he held this book, and, and read that. 
And here for Daniel, he says, shut up the words and seal the book. And one wonders why. Well, you've got to read your Bible and understand that the mystery of God was not revealed until Jesus Christ came and he set up the church. The mystery, the mystery that, that Paul is talking about. What was that mystery? The church which is open for Gentile and Jew. The church. And here, here in, in, in Daniel, he says, but shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Are we living in the end times? You better believe that. And I don't base it on what's happening around us in the world, in the cosmos. I base it on the Word of God. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Is that our times? Many shall run around and, and try to find. And, and it's not running to and fro for just, it is a crazy world we are living in. I mean, if you talk about knowledge explosion, just look at our day and age. You get smartphones, smart computers. They talk about uh, uh, automated intellection, uh, artificial in, in intelligence, where robots is going to take over your job. I think you're safe, Blessy, because I can't see a robot going around and touching people and, you know, serve them in, in, in the way that you do it. But artificial intelligence is, is, is the, the talk of, the of, of your day. But that's not the knowledge he talks about in this. He talks about the knowledge of the Word of God. I want to suggest to you that we in our day and age know more than people before. I find it fascinating, and I do listen to, to the older preachers. And look, I honestly, when I listen to their sermons, and when I read their sermons, and I see what, I go, wow, they, the, you know, the Lord revealed so many things to them. But I want to suggest to you, if they could, listen to sermons today and to teachings today and the revelation that God gave us today, they'll say, wow, I haven't seen that. It, it is just an explosion of knowledge and it shall increase and people are running to and fro. He says, then I, Daniel, looked and there stood two others, one on the river bank and the other on that river, river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the water of the river when he held up his right hand and left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times and a half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. He's talking about a scroll. We've seen the scroll and, and here we find the scroll again in the book of Revelation. But now it's on the throne room of God and we find seven seals surrounding this, this scroll and how wonderful is it that as we're going to look at the scroll, how it opens up for us. You see, the scroll now is, is introduced here in chapter 5. And from chapter 6, we're going to see these seals starting to open up. Chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8. And we're going to find the completion of these seals in chapter 10. And every single time one of these seals have been opened up, there happens something significant on the earth. Every single seal that's going to be broken open or open up, not broken, open up by Him who's worthy. Every single time that happened, it is happening on the earth, dear friends. There's, there's something happening here. And we're going to go through that one by one. And then when the last one opens up in chapter 10, it's, it's uh, introduced by the seven trumpets and, and the seven trumpet starts. How wonderful is that to understand that we have this now. In chapter 10 verse 7, it tells us what the scroll signifies. Look at it. It says in verse 7, it says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. What is the mystery? You see people over the ages, they, they try to find out what is in the scroll. What is the message in the scroll? What is he talking about? What is the scroll all about? I believe, and there's so many, and I can go through them. I've got 10 that I've actually picked up of people saying what is written in the scroll. 
But I think the one that comes closest to that is the one which is showing us that it is the, it's God's will and final settlement of the affairs in the universe. And we see that happening as each one of these scrolls, uh, these seals are being opened up. We see how something is settled on the earth. It's the title deed, some say, of the universe. So the focus is now on this scroll. Let's have a look further on. He says in verse 2, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and lose its seals? You see, it's mentioned it's a strong angel. Some reckon it was the angel Gabriel. I, I don't particularly hold on to that because he would have said it was the angel Gabriel who did that. But this angel by, by far is very strong and he stands up and he says, who is worthy to lose its seals? And then comes this word, the next word there in verse 3, he says, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. You see, John is sitting there, he's looking at the scroll. He wants to know what's written in there. It's going to be the affairs of the world. It's going to, it's going to be the final ways and things that man does not know, the, the dios of scanditos. And then no one could be found. And look what he says, in heaven and on earth and under the earth was able to open the scroll. Let me say it this morning, dear friend, none who's sitting in this room here today is, open, is able to open the scroll. Oh, and there were so many people who tried to come into this worthiness over the years, wasn't there? Remember Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible? Oh, he set him up and he built this mighty kingdom called Babylon. And he was the mighty king. But what happened? It fell all apart. He wasn't even worthy to be able to do that, was he? No way. There's not Nebuchadnezzar. Who remembers Alexander the Great? You remember him? He conquered the whole world at a young age. At 32, there was nothing more for him to conquer. Then he sat down and he wept bitterly. He started crying. Why? Why, oh why, Alexander? Because there was nothing more that he could conquer. And he started drinking and he drank himself to death. How miserable is man? He achieved every single thing that he could on his plane, but he's not worthy. He's not worthy even to open up this scroll in heaven. And over the years, there were many more of them. You remember the likes of Julius Caesar. You remember him? Julius Caesar, who started his conquest for the Roman Empire, and he was going to put everybody under the peace of the Romans, and he started conquering Europe. But what happened to him? His little kingdom fell apart. Not worthy. He says it there. No one in heaven or on earth. I'm just looking at the earth part here. And then came Mussolini. And then came Stalin. And then came Hitler. Hitler was going to set up a thousand years. A thousand years under the Reich. Hell, Reich. No. It didn't work because no man is worthy. No man is worthy to stand before him in his own power. The only worthiness, the only worthiness that you and I can have is through the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ. But even that, my friend, doesn't give you and myself the power and the authority to touch that scroll and to open up his seals. Here we find John. He's described in the Bible as the disciple that, God, that Jesus loved. And not even John was worthy to open the seals. It's not as if the angel was standing there and says, Who is worthy? Oh, John, there you are. John, come up here. You are worthy. No, he was not worthy. And I think that played a little part of that weeping that he did. David, a man after God's own heart. Where is David in all of this? Abraham. Let's name them Moses. Peter, Paul. Yet these days you find people who get a little bit of revelation out of the Word of God and they think they're almighty. Almighty. Oh man, if I walk into the room, there's a presence walking into the room. Have you heard that one? 
Oh, we are so full of ourselves sometimes, aren't we? But here we find a passage in the Bible and it mentions earth and your name is not even mentioned there. I can go on and on about this. There ain't no super pastor whose name is mentioned here. And he says in heaven, listen friends, we do not worship angels. There is a lot of angel worship going on in churches. No, if I can only see the angel. Who's your guardian angel? Have you got your angel's name? I don't. It doesn't bother me. They are God's creatures who were created by Him to do what? To minister to us. That is what angels are. They are ministering spirits. And look, I don't disrespect them. Please don't. Please don't this morning think that I disrespect the angels. No, no, no. They were created by God. You, you know what, friends? I don't don't even take Satan on personally. You get so many people, oh, spiritual warfare, we need to take on the angels. Who do you think you are? The Bible says in the book of Jude that they are God's dignitaries. They are God's dignitaries. We resist the devil. Nowhere in the Bible says that we take him on and we fight him. No, no. Paul says our fight is against the principalities. I get that. But how do we do that? Through prayer and the Word of God. Let it be known. There are mighty angels out there. Who do you think you are with this mighty and strong angel? You know, one angel could kill 70,000. And you want to come and say, I want to have a a spiritual war session, and we're going to bind the territorial angels? Who do you think you are? I'm going off point here again, but I think it's necessary to know this. And no one in heaven, on earth, or under the earth was able to open the scroll. Friends, this brings a dilemma that, that John was sitting there and he was crying about, he was weeping about that. Who will be open to open this scroll? Who will be worthy to open this scroll? But there's good news if we look further in verse 5. He says, but one of the elders said to him, Do not weep. Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seals. How wonderful is that? And you should shout, Amen, Hallelujah, praise to God, and just start a doxology for him. Start singing worship to him. But wait, it's coming. I find it really interesting that uh, it is an elder who came to him. It's not one of the angels who came to him and said, have you noticed that? One of the elders came to me and said, do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. It is him. Now this is a messianic title for who? For Jesus Christ. We find this title in Genesis chapter 49 verse 8. He says Judah, remember this is when, when, when the word was given over the twelve sons. He says, Judah, you are he whom your brother shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. And how true has this prophetic word become upon them. You look at that nation right now called Israel, and you know what? The world's going to bow down before them. And look further on. He says, the children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down, he lays down as a lion, and as a lion who shall rose him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Silo comes, and him shall be the obedience of the people. Do you know who Silo is? Silo is another name for Jesus Christ when he comes. I said it last week and I get so excited, Kylie, when I say it. Jesus Christ is coming back to Jerusalem. That's where they killed him? Well, let me correct myself. They didn't kill him. He gave up his life there. They thought they killed him. That's where he was risen from the grave, yes? That is where he ascended on heaven and guess where he's coming back again? There. 
He's coming back, putting his feet on the Mount of Olives, walked down that wonderful mountain through the Eastern Gate into Jerusalem, setting up a kingdom for a thousand years. And you know what's going to happen? Every tongue and every nation is going to come and bow to him. I'm not asking you this morning. I believe it as true as this chair is here this morning. He's coming back again. He went away, but not to stay. He's coming back again. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. He says, but once that place is prepared, he's coming again. And let me tell you, how, many, how long ago did he say that? How long ago? It is more than a hundred years ago, yes? For him to take so long to prepare a place. Oh, what a place that will be. Amen. That's just in my mind. That is one of his titles, you see. Lions is a symbol of majesty. Have you seen a lion in nature? Have you actually been in nature when a lion roars? Man, I haven't. I, I've been, I've seen the lions. I've been to a park in, in Clagstop down there in South Africa. But I, and that was only in a park. But somebody telling me that when you go to the Kruger National Park and, and you're in the field and they sit at night and that lion roars, it is, it is majesty, the king of the animals. And, and here we see, he's, he's, he says he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's a symbol of majesty. He's a symbol of power. He's a symbol of rule. And he's a symbol of authority. All of those things is ascribed to my Lord Jesus Christ. Lions conquer, yes? They conquer. But what does lambs do? Lambs submit. It is so wonderful when you see these two. Lions roar. Rawr. I can't do it like them, but, but lambs, what do lambs do? They bear, but lambs, they die. Yes, they sacrifice. And this is how it's introduced to us here. First of all, this lion out of the tribe of Judah. But there's a second part of it. He says in Isaiah chapter 31 verse 4, For thus the Lord has spoken to me as a lion roars and as a young lion over his prey. When the multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice nor be disturbed by their noise. Why? Because they want to keep him out. And now he says, so the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for its hill. Have you just noticed what I just read to you? This is a prophecy of what's going to happen in the future. He says it right there. He says the Lord of hosts will come down. From where? He's coming down. He's coming back again. To do what? To fight for Mount Zion. You know where Mount Zion is? Mount Zion is a representation of Jerusalem. He's going to fight for it and for its heel like birds flying about. So will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending, He will also deliver it. Passing over, He will preserve it. And let me say it now to the nations who come against Israel. You're in trouble. Russia, you're in trouble. Vladimir Putin, you're in trouble if you go up against this nation. I want to say to Iran, to Iraq. I want to say to ISIS. I want to say to Hezbollah. You're in trouble. Why? Because he, the Lord of hosts is coming down. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. You shoot your shot missiles into Jerusalem. Every single one of those will be counted against you. Let it be known that God has still got a plan for His nation. It's written in the Bible. It's written in blood. It's written in blood. Listen, it is written in blood that He has got a plan for His nation and whoever stands up against Him. Let the whole Muslim world surround it. When He comes down to fight for His heel and for Zion, they will be defeated. Nobody will stand against Him. Nobody will stand against Him. And you know what God is doing right now? He is putting the puzzle pieces together all over the world. I'm not prophesying here, but I'm saying you that Britain is getting into position. America is getting into position. And look, look, Australia and New Zealand is getting into position. Asia is getting into position. China is getting into position. And you know what the Bible says? He's going to pull some of them by the nose and pull them in there. Hallelujah. And you thought that they were mighty full? Forget it. Forget it. We're talking about the lion. We're talking about the, the majesty. We're talking about the power and authority here. 
We said it. Who is worthy? I mentioned to you all those names. None. None of them. He is worthy. Oh, these scripture verses gets me going. <laughs> oh man, it gets me going. It's better than the daily news. It's better than the Washington Post. It's better than the New York Times. It's better than the Australian whatever you call it. This is it, friends. This is where we find our information from. And I'll tell you one thing. They can take your life. They can, they can get your blood out of your body. But they will not get my Jesus in defeat. Nowhere. Nowhere. Let it be known. The lion is coming. And I can just anticipate when he sits there in this glory, John, and he looks at this. And now he heard the voice. Listen, he heard. They said the lion, but then he says the second thing. And look at Isaiah chapter 11 verse 10. He says, they shall walk after the Lord. He will roar like a lion when he roars. Listen, Isaiah chapter 11 10. When he roars, then his son shall come trembling from the west. Trembling. But he uses the second title here. He says, the lion out of the tribe of Judah. And then he says, the root of David. That's the second messianic title for him you see who's worthy not just any man the the messiah he's worthy and he gives him his credentials yes the root out of david comes from isaiah chapter 11 verse 10 he says and in that day there shall be a root of jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people oh man i can go off about this banner the banner jehovah in kadesh that's one of his name. It means he's a banner. Now, now I haven't been in, in that kind of war. I've been in the South African Defense Force and urban warfare, but I haven't been on the field. But they say, they say, the people who know this, who came out of those times, that if these wars, these two factions comes up against each other, these two armies, and they march. Have you seen that? some of those movies where they march in their thousands over the hillside? And they've got these long banners. As you march on, they say, you can see the banners before you see the people. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let, let it be known. Let it be known. The banner is flying. We are preaching it from the pulpits. His name is Jesus Christ. He's he, the banner. He is our banner, friends. He's the banner of Jerusalem. And all the people can see right now is the banner. And they should run when they see the banner. They should run out of fear. But they think, they think they, they can take him on. Wait until they see him in his full glory. Revelation chapter 90. The root who shall stand as a banner of the people for the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. Revelation chapter 22 verse 16. Uh, this is Jesus' own words, and he takes this title. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testi testify to you these things in the churches. He's going back to chapter 2 and 3. He says, I've sent my angel to testify this. I am the root and the offspring of David. There's clarity right there. The bright and morning star. The bright and morning star. Now, I want you to see now what happens. He says in verse 5, remember, he says, Do not weep. Behold, the tribe, lying in the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll. And now in verse 6, I want you to imagine him sitting there. He had it, all this glory of the throne, the jasper, the sardius, the emerald. The voice or the elder said to him, Behold, he is the lion. He looks and expects to see what? You expect to see a lion. Yes? That's what I would expect. If you tell me there's a lion out there in the foyer, what am I going to walk out there to? A lion. You expect to see a lion. But see what happens now in verse 6. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood what? Stood a lamb as though it has been slain. A lamb as though it had been slain. Remember what I said, a lion conquers, but a lamb dies. It looks as if he's been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out in all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. It's 
amazing that, that the, the lion became a lamb. And he stood there as if he was being slain. It means he's still alive, although he's got within him the scars of death. Eugene read it this morning at the Lord's table, Psalm 22, I believe is the words from Jesus Christ from the cross. It's a prophetic, it's a prophetic psalm of, of what Jesus said to the cross. You see, people looked at the cross, and what did they say? They thought he was ailing, they thought he was he's losing his mind, but he had a conversation with the Father. Psalm 22 is that conversation with the Father, word for word. It's not romantic as they're trying to show you now. It was horrible to, to have a man like that hanging on the cross, poking out. He was there. He was naked, stark naked. And he had a conversation with God. Those scars was in the Lamb who stood in front of the throne. And you know who put those scars there? You and my sin. He had to die. In the Old Testament, they say, Behold, the, uh, where is the Lamb? Where is the Lamb? Uh, John said, when John the Baptist, he says, Behold the Lamb. And here we find the Lamb in the Revelation. You see, he had seven horns, which means power. A horn is a power. So this Lamb, although it is, is seen as a weak, and, and remember, he didn't say he saw a sheep. He saw a what? He saw a Lamb. A lamb is the littlest of the sheep. And people would look at a lamb and say, no power. But this one had power. Why? Because he had horns. It also shows his omnipotence, its power, and his authority. And the seven eyes shows the knowledge and the wisdom. It is his omniscience, his awareness, his all-knowing. All of those represented right in front of the throne. Who is worthy to take the scroll? Instead of the lion, the lamb comes. Friend, we need to learn from this. You see, he goes out into all of the earth. Look, look at Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10. He says, For who hath despised the day of small things? Oh, I've heard so many people use this as a single sermon. <laughs> I won't go there. I want to stay focused. For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which runs to and fro through the whole earth. The eyes of the Lord is in this place this morning. He can see in your mind. He can see in your heart. Yeah. There stood this lamb. He was alive, but yet he had the scars of death. And he's constantly around and before the throne. Now let's continue with the doxology. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 8, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. Who's got the, the golden harp? Did, did you know that when you go to heaven you'll get a harp? You better learn to play one here. <laughs> I think you will be instantly knowing how to play it in worship. <laughs> it is wonderful to know that, that there's music in heaven. Yes? It's not this Beatles thing on the earth. It is not, oh look, what is the names of these people? I don't know. You know, throw a few names out there. It's not shiki shiki bush bush, shiki shiki bush. I, I don't know. I, I know. That was out of tune. But anyway. <laughs> It is not putting up massive speakers and smoke machines and go, whoa, we're going to take you into heaven. No, no, no. When you get to heaven, you'll get into the heavenly music. I don't read about any drums there. Oh, it shouldn't go there. I'm not against these, all these things, you know, the, the music in churches. But they're going to have a harp and golden bowls. What else? What, what, what did we learn previously in chapter 4 we're going to have? Golden crowns. There's a golden crown. There is a harp. Golden bowls. What is the golden bowls there for? Full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, let me just correct something here. This does not mean that the saints up there 
are interceding for us and now we need to, to pray to Saint John and Saint Andrew and like the Roman Catholic Church do. This is not that. This is not that. There's only one mediator for us and who's he? Jesus Christ. He's our high priest. But these are the prayers of the saints in these golden bowls. And they sang a new song. And I put in brackets there, they the elders. I want to suggest to you that the elders sang this song. You say, why? I, I love it, isn't it? These beautiful songs going on. It, it's just worship. The first day that he's in heaven, this is John, what did he see? The throne and worship. Doxology. That is praising Jesus, praising, praising. And what is going on? What is this worship song? He says, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have makes us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Why do I say this is the elders? Because he did not do this for the angels. He didn't die on the cross for the angels. He died on the cross for you and for me, the elders. He redeemed us by the blood out of every tongue and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God. We are going to become kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. What a beautiful song. We sang this song, isn't it? You are worthy. We sang it just before. To take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us by your blood. How wonderful and powerful is those songs. Psalm chapter 141 verse 1, he says, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear to my voice. When I cry to you, let my prayer be set forth before thee as an incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. The psalmist say here that our prayers that we pray becomes an incense before God. Here we, we take that now from the earth when we go into heaven, and we see that there's golden bowls collecting these prayers as incense before God. I love it when the Bible just completes itself and answers itself. We're redeemed. Do you realize how wonderful it is to be redeemed? I've heard the story of a, of a boy who walked into the wild and he caught some wild birds and put them in a cage. And he was so happy. And as he walked back, he walked past a, a pastor, a preacher. And the preacher says, hey lad, what are you doing with those birds? He says, yeah, no, I went out into the wild and I caught these birds. He said, what are you going to do with them? He said, no, I'm just going to play a little bit with them and then feed them to the cat. That's, you know, what boys do. <laughs> he said, well, I'll give you $10 for those birds. He says, you really want to you, you really buy them? Look, they're so quiet. They, they don't sing. The poor birds, they were so petrified and terrified. And they couldn't sing a song. He says, yeah, no, I'll buy them, $10. I'll buy them for $10. He says, you sure? It's not a good buy, sir. He says, yeah, no, he took out the $10, and he says, I'll buy it with the cage, everything. He says, well, it's on you, and he gave him the cage, took the $10, and whistling on, on went the little boy. So the minister took the cage to the back of the church, opened it up, and there goes the birds. And he says they were singing as they went. He says, and I could surely, surely believe they were singing one song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed as they soar high up into the air. You know what? It made us think, and he says it himself, but it made me think, you know, dear friends, we were those petrified birds in there, and he came and he didn't pay $10 for us. No, 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 no. He paid with his blood for us. It is a price to pay. And you know what I sing as we go and as we fly into heaven one day, we're going to sing, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. I wanted to sing that, but I couldn't put music to it. It's only the words for you this morning. Redeemed. And He hath redeemed us. I can preach a sermon on that. Do you know how privileged you are sitting here this morning? By His redemption, you will go to heaven. By His redemption, you have eternal life. By His redemption, you have life now where you were once dead. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, He says, you who were once dead in your trespasses and sin, He now made alive. Listen, He now made alive. How did He make you alive? For Him to die. Sheep die. Lamb die. Lions roar. 
and it's the Lamb who went and took the scroll, and it's the Lamb who received this worship. Out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. I love that. It means in heaven there's going to be all nations. Oh, for sure there's going to be South Africans there and Kiwis and Australians and there's going to be Indian people there and there's going to be every single na- Americans. Who's the one nation you don't like? <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? There's going to be ex-Muslims there. Ex. A big emphasis on the ex-Muslims there who came to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and bowed their knee and called Him on as Lord and Savior. There's going to be ex-murderers there. Do you realize that? And He's redeemed us, I better on, as we look at these worship songs. Look at verse 11. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. Man, can you imagine this? Here is the elders singing. Oh, I can just imagine this. The elders going on, you are worthy to take the scroll, and who listens? Everybody listens while they sing this new song to Him. And then comes the choir. The choir comes now in, and the choir is the many angels around the throne, and living creatures and elders, and the number of them was thousand times ten thousands, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. What a service that will be. Woo! And if you are saved by the blood of the Lamb, you will be there. And guess what you're going to do? You're not going to stand there with your iPhone and go, Woo, selfie! No, 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 no! You're going to sing to the King of Kings. Hallelujah! Whew, that is great. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. A Son was given unto us. And here now we see the Son in heaven. And what is the Son in heaven? He is the Lion out of the tribe of Judah. He is the Root of Jesse. He is the, he is the Lamb that was slain. And you know what you and I are going to do? We're going to worship Him. You better learn these words off by heart. <laughs> now you will know them when you get there. And in verse 13 he says, And every creature, every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the seas and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. What does that word mean? So be it. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped Him who lives forever and ever. It's not going to be as if you're going to tune up the the earpiece and go, you know, I can't hear them saying anything. (laughs) What is that commotion going on there? You're going to be part of the commotion. You're going to be singing. It'll be terrible, terrible, terrible if anybody in this place missed that occasion. Any one of you. It'll be terrible if we're around the throne and we experience what he saw. Because listen, friends, this is in the future. Remember after this, Metatauta. This is after where we're sitting here. What he's saying now, the fantastic thing about it is, is that we are going to experience it. One day is going to be a day when you will be leaving this earth. You're coming to heaven. And what are you going to see? You're going to see everything that he sees plus more. Remember when Paul said inexpressible things. I don't think Revelation is exactly everything that's there. I think there's more. But it will be absolutely terrible that anyone in this place this morning missed that. You say, will we know each other in heaven? I believe so. I believe we will know each other. 
it'll be terribly sad if we bump into each other and we stand around and say, well, you, who are you, Christ? Are you the little crowd there in Karam Downs? Where is all the people that went to Karam Downs? And you look around and, and there's one, one of our beloved here this morning. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. Where, where, where are they? Where are they? That's why it's critically important to, to understand the new song that the elders sang to him. That is why you need to go home and, and if, you, if you're not saved, if you're, if you're not washed by the blood of the Lamb, you need to take this passage and open it up and, and, and you know what? Your tears should soak these pages and say, Lord, I want to sing you are worthy, but Father, have you redeemed me? I want to be there when the roll call is called up yonder. You see, we can rejoice in all of what's going on in heaven, and, it, and it's wonderful. And I'll tell you what, friend, our poor bodies can't anticipate and hold. We haven't got the strength in us to get the fullness of what we're reading here. I thank God for His wisdom He's holding back. Though there are people today in churches who, who shout fire and come in all your glory. Vader, can you call... Uh, I'm talking, and, and, you, and, and you call fire and all of this thing, and they want the power of God now. You cannot handle the power of God. The power of God is in you through the Holy Spirit in a measure that you can handle. Otherwise, this poor earthly body, this vessel, won't be able to handle it. And you know what? People shout, more power, more power, more power. You can't handle it. But there cometh the day when you will have it. This is the true fullness of, of what's going to happen in heaven. And friends, now we're going to continue on next week. And we're going to go to chapter 6. And now that, that this, the, the scroll has been revealed, and praise God, we found somebody worthy to take the scroll. And he's going to unleash those seals one by one. And we're going to see then what's happening on the earth from that perspective. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your mercy and for your grace. And Father, thank you for this vision that you gave us into heaven. I've got a picture in my mind, Father, and no doubt every person in this place has got a different picture of what we've heard this morning. But one day we will see. We will be held. And how wonderful that will be. So, Lord, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, at the end of this service, Father, when I asked and I said this thing, Father, when I asked and I said, Lord, we want everybody here to be there. And Father, through your Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you, that you test our hearts, Lord. Search our hearts through your word, Father. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When he takes me by the hand and leads me, through the promised land. In Jesus' name, amen.